Hey everybody, welcome to the Fantasy Players Club. I'm your host, Levi Valentine, at Levi underscore Valentine on Twitter. Joining me are my co-hosts, Brent Hudhud Heikis. Follow him at Brent Heikis, H-E-I-K-E-S on Twitter, and Trevin Cremosta, whose tweets are too hot for your eyes. Guys, let's start off tonight with a very special happy birthday wish to the birthday boy this week. Your main man, Brent Heikis, turned 38. Oh. How do you know my age? <laughs> you got on Facebook, dude. Ah, shoot. I was going to say I was 27. Damn it. <laughs> hey, but it, it was your birthday what, a couple weeks ago. So happy birthday. Yeah, it was. So. We're two weeks apart. You were on the 13th this week, and then I was on the 30th of March. We're all getting old together. Yeah. I just might be a little bit older. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> Did you do anything uh, good for it, Brent? Uh, I went to a junior high track meet after school. So, <laughs> this is what you wanted to do? Yep. Always yep. dreamed of. You did have some big news. I saw your wife shared this week. Your daughter is graduating with honors and going to UNK on a region scholarship. Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. pretty exciting. It's that's pretty awesome. cool. So, very, very proud of her. Very proud of her. That's awesome. So what's it like to be the dumbest one in your house? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean, I'm used to it, man. It just, but when when you live with, with three girls, I mean, you kind of just got to accept it that you're not, you are the dumbest one around. So it's you just got to get used to it. Especially that junior high age. I <laughs> yeah. definitely think you're an idiot then. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, in other news, uh, we had our Frozen Four live tweet it was a success, a success this past weekend, guys. Uh, we did throw a poll out there on Twitter. Uh, I'll just briefly cover the results of this because it was a rough one for you guys. So the most important poll on Twitter today. Who did the best job live tweeting? I won that pretty easily. We had 20 votes. So I got half of them and you guys got 25% each. So I guess you tied for second. So congrats on that. <laughs> Uh, it was a lot of fun. Thanks to everybody for not unfollowing us during that because it was fun to watch that and interact with everybody that interacted with us. So thanks for following along. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We actually only lost one follower. I, oh. I tracked that. So that was pretty, I thought Brent's. that was success. No, it was. It was fun. <laughs> can we track this person down to find out who it was? <laughs> yeah, demand they come back. You probably can. So, and also congrats to the University of Massachusetts, uh, UMass. Uh, Took out, outlasted the other three Minnesota schools, beating Duluth in the rematch of the championship in the first round, uh, and then taking out St. Cloud in the championship, five to zero. So we had two, me and Brent had really good semifinal games. Trevor, you had kind of a dud in the championship there. I think a five to zero was the final. Yeah, I think it got ugly quick. It was like 2-0 right away. So it was just me dicking around for most game. So much for uh, Minnesota State Championship. Yeah. All right. And then in other news this week, just real briefly, I want to touch on Julian Edelman's retirement. Uh, so a little bit of a fancy impact here. Julian Edelman didn't have the best year last year, but the year before he was really pretty solid and had a, a great career coming out of kind of nowhere, guys, as far as the draft took him a few years to transition from quarterback to wide receiver, but had a, a productive career, a lot of a lot of good fantasy years. Do uh, you guys have any fond memories of Julian Edelman over the years? Uh, fantasy related I, or just in the nfl i have like the stories that came out about him just how hard of a worker he was and how hard he 
tried to just stay on an NFL roster. There was uh, some stories about he'd never returned a punt before he got to the NFL. So he saw that as his end to stay on the roster and worked really hard at returning punts. And um, there was a story about he returned a punt for a touchdown pretty early on in his career. And uh, Bill Belichick said, watch out. He's talking to Wes Walker, said, watch out. He's coming for your spot. And (laughs) Walker said something about he can have the punt return, something like that. So He's a guy that grinded to stay on the roster in the early and was very successful, especially in the postseason for his whole career. Yeah, great story. Um, Quarterback at Kent State. um, Came into the NFL. Nobody expected him to do anything, especially a wide receiver. And having Tom Brady helps a lot. Um, But he's had a great career. And I saw people talking about Hall of Fame. I don't don't think Hall of Fame, but – but they were talking about it. So that's even good that people even talk about it. Yeah, he had a great career, like you said, Brent, especially in the postseason. Uh, I read the CSPN article that Mike Reese wrote, uh, and he talked about he is second in NFL history with 118 postseason receptions behind only Jerry Rice's 151. Uh, just a tremendous career, really. Uh, he did – he's uh, second all-time on the Patriots chart for receptions behind only Wes Welker, as you mentioned, Trevin. Fourth on the team's career receiving yard list, 6,822 yards. Uh, behind Stanley Morgan, Rob Gronkowski, and Wes Welker. So, by all means, just an incredible for your career for someone who was a seventh-round pick coming out of Kent State and, and played quarterback in college. And props to him. Absolutely. Um, if we're done with uh, Julian, you did miss a topic there, Levi. We're going to get into drinking our beers yeah, tonight. We are, actually. So, Trevin, you wanted a We'll do a toast a little bit early tonight, a beer check, uh, to Brent's birthday. We're going to celebrate your birthday, Brent. And to celebrate, we got high alcohol by volume beers this week. So and that's why we uh, that's why we switched it up instead of doing it late in the episode. Um, <laughs> we are doing it early in the episode. So if we do start slurring or anything, you guys can hear it on the podcast. And also, I don't have to drink this 12% alcohol beer just by myself after we log off later tonight so <laughs> yeah this was Trevin's idea that's his excuse I really think it's so he hopes we get drunk enough we don't pick up on all his bad takes during this episode <laughs> <laughs> but I have an imperial milk stout uh it's called fat camp which is perfect for me after this COVID year I definitely need to go to fat camp uh it's 10% alcohol by volume uh and it comes to us from uh, American Solera of North Haven, Connecticut. So let me crack this bad boy open. Trevin, what do you got? And alive. I got the darkest beer I've ever seen in my life. Looks like Jeez. motor oil. And it is a Prairie Artisan Ale brand. And it this one is called Bomb. It's from Oklahoma. Imperial Stout aged on coffee, cocoa nibs, vanilla beans, and chili peppers. Hey, and it is a pretty similar. 12% alcohol by volume. You thought yours was dark. Yours is dark, too. I might not be matched. Yeah, wow. we have the same a, style. We have the same <laughs> style of beer. High octane beers we got here. Mine's chocolate, cinnamon, and vanilla. And Brent, oh, they are similar. Brent is uh, laid back over there with his mind <laughs> on his money and his money on his mind. Brent, well, tell the people what you're drinking tonight. I am drinking Indago Gin. It's it's from Snoop Dogg. Um, I thought <laughs> I thought for sure that I had a high alcohol beer in my fridge. I went to go look just before recording and. Come to find out, I don't. So I have this Indago Gin um, sitting sitting on my shelf for a couple months now and thought I'd give it a try with you guys. It's sitting here. I threw in some pineapple, threw in some tonic water, and we'll see how it tastes. 
Trevin, My you had quite a face after goodness a gracious. This is like <laughs> it's the same feeling like drinking straight whiskey. It's giving me shivers and I can smell the chili pepper in my nostrils when I put my head in it. <laughs> What's the, I, I really like mine. What's the ABV on yours? Mine is a 12. Yeah, it's got <laughs> chili peppers in it. I'm going to give it mine a... pretty good. A 9-1. This is a really good beer. Ooh, I'm not that high in mine, but I'm pretty good. It's, uh, we'll say, 7-8. Nice. Brent, how about the Indago Gin? Has um, Snoop, Snoop got another banger <laughs> over there? Did. It's hard to see Brent through his thick fog he's got now, and his I don't know what he's got going on, but it is smoky on his Zoom. Excuse me. Um, I need a little more tonic in there, that's for sure. Um, but for gin, I'd say this is like a like a five seven. It's definitely not the best gin that I've had. What's the ABV on that gin, Brent? Forty percent. Forty percent. Very nice. Well, you can uh, sip these the rest of the episode, I guess. Yeah, I don't. You were. You might be the last person I would expect to have Snoop Dogg's gin, Brent. <laughs> <I know. laughs> I, I'm always. I'm always looking out to try all these new gins, and I saw it sitting there. It was, I think it was like a limited special or something at the liquor store. I'm like, screw it, I'll give it a try. So here I am. It's not so all good. Right. Now. Well, oh. Before we get to the show here, I did have to bring up that if there's, I wondered if there's a Fantasy Players Club HR department, Levi. Do you know if you've set that up yet? Because you were uh, sexting me and Brent earlier. <laughs> I don't think that's accurate, but continue. <laughs> oh, how'd you send those text messages? Was it with your hands or with your pants? <laughs> it was with my pants after I forgot to lock my phone. Oh, okay, so I'll be in touch there. You can't call him sex though, because I sent one to Shelly's mom too on accident in our group text. So oh, racy. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "What is this?" I was like, "Oh God, what they accidentally send?" <laughs> <laughs> Turns out it was just one of those little like drawings or something you can do on the on the iPhone. Oh yeah, man, you had some nice uh, nice pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank God, that didn't go any worse. <laughs> All right, should we hop into the main event? Yeah. Yep. All right. And now for our main event. And for tonight's main event, we have two rounds for running back theme this week, guys. So just like last week, we have one NFL, a couple NFL-related running back moves, and then also... A little rookie preview as we prepare for the draft coming up here two weeks from tonight, guys. So let's start with the NFL news here. We had a couple of moves this week. Uh, James Conner went to the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals had some much-needed depth in their backfield on Tuesday when they agreed to terms on a one-year contract with former Steelers running back James Conner. Conner, 25, will be paired with Chase Edmonds in the, to form the Cardinals' 2021 backfield. Uh, that it's expected they'll share reps and responsibilities in Kingsbury's offense, has running backs to be both rushers and receivers. He also reunite guys with Cardinals running backs coach James Saxon, who was his position coach in Pittsburgh in 2017 and 2018. Uh, Connor got a one-year, $1.75 million contract, $500,000 signing bonus, $1.25 million salary, fully guaranteed, a source told Adam Schefter. So... Any thoughts here? I know you guys are both big Chase Edmonds fans. What do you think of this backfield going into 2021 with these two? As a Chase Edmonds fan, I am 
I'm happy with this move. They were going to, they weren't just going to have Chase Edmonds all of a sudden be a Bill Kell back. So I do like that they got Connor instead of maybe drafting somebody pretty high or signing a more of a big name person that's going to take a lot of stuff. So I think Connor's going to be there. Um, going to get some work, but it's not anything that's going to scare me from liking Chase Edmonds because I don't think Connor is very good anymore. What do you I, think, Brent? I agree with you, Trevin. Um, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't expect Edmonds to be the bell cow, and he Edmonds kind of showed last year that I don't think that's really his role anyway. Mm-hmm. It, he's had one goal line carry. Uh, I can't remember what it was if it was this past year or his whole career. So. He's not much of a goal line guy anyway. Um, the only thing that scares me is I still think, just because James Conner really isn't that good, I don't think, I still think there's a chance they're in the running for drafting a running back early. I'm, I'm worried about that. If if that happens, then I'll probably be officially off the Chase Edmonds um, bus. Yeah, and you might be right. They didn't have much committed to Conner here, bringing him in for $1.5 million, so – if they see a guy they like, they're definitely still draft him, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I was never as high on Edmonds as you guys, and I think my thoughts are pretty similar to you both. Uh, you, would you view both of these guys then at this point as just kind of like maybe fringe running back twos at best? Probably somebody, though, you're maybe sticking into your flex spot on a weekly basis with limited upside in Connor's case. And I guess F. Edmonds has a big player, too. He could, he could come through for you, but – Oh, I definitely like guys? I definitely like Edmonds more than Connor going forward just because yeah. of that receiving and he can break off big ones. I don't think you're getting any of that much from Connor at this stage in his career. Yeah. But um yeah, that's how I view him. I'm pretty solid on Edmonds being a flex guy for me week in, week out. Yeah, I don't think any of these guys will be in any of my best ball teams or anything like that. Maybe Edmonds on a few of them if they don't draft a running back, but um, maybe a flex option for, for Edmonds for sure. Maybe not Connor. Yeah, that's kind of where I am too. I think the hard thing for both of these guys is they're in a good high-volume offense from a passing perspective, but they have a rushing quarterback in Kyler Murray, and that, especially on the goal line, is not ideal for fantasy purposes. Kyler had 11 rushing touchdowns last season. Uh, and a lot of times you would see on the goal line, he's just so freaking quick and elusive <laughs> that he just keeps it and finds a way to get in. So I think that really caps the upside of either of these guys on a weekly basis. And and as with both of them probably getting some of the work here, even more limited. So I, yeah, I, I'm right there with you guys. And either they're probably good bench to flex plays, but probably not somebody I'm hoping to count on going into the season. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm a little bit higher than you on Edmonds, Levi. I'm pretty comfortable with him being my third running back when you're playing most weeks. It sounds like you're more of a play in case of emergency or bye weeks. Yeah, probably so. Mm-hmm. Another running back news, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers agreed to terms with running back Giovanni Bernard on a one-year deal. Uh, Bernard got a little bit of a late start to free agency as the Bengals didn't release him until last week in a salary cap-saving move. Uh, a source told ESPN he spent the weekend weighing multiple offers, uh, just like Greg Williams. But after he was personally contacted by both head coach Bruce Arians and quarterback Tom Brady, Bernard opted to sign with Tampa Bay, which gives Tampa Bay now four running backs currently on the roster, guys. We have Lombardi Lenny, we have Ronald Jones, we have Keyshawn Vaughn, and now we have Giovanni Bernard. What are you looking at 
in this backfield as you project it forward to 2021. Brent, start us off. Well, I think I think he can throw Keyshawn Vaughn away. I, I think, I mean, I think he's done for. Um, fantasy wise, I'm not saying go grab Giovanni Bernard, um, but I I will say this hurts Leonard Fournette's fantasy outlook and probably Ronald Jones. Um, I feel like it could be a mess with those three running backs. Um, but if we're just talking football wise, what a great move by the Buccaneers. Uh, Giovanni Bernard is one of the best pass catching, pass blocking running backs in the NFL. I think Tom Brady could eventually um, like him more than his stud at New England with James White. Um, I, I really think Giovanni Bernard is going to be a key player for the Buccaneers. Um, that was Leonard Fournette's role last year, and and he did he did good. I'll give him that. He did good with it, but he won't he won't be as good as Giovanni Bernard will. Leonard Fournette will still play a lot. He'll still get his touches, um, just not as much as last year. So it's 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 kind of a log jam there that running back at Tampa Bay. Probably Levi, agree. yeah, I don't I don't really see it too much as a log jam because Giovanni Bernard he just doesn't carry the ball a lot and catches a lot. I mean, I'm looking at the his targets. The least amount of targets he's had in a season was one season where he had 12 games back in 2018. He still has targeted 48 times in those 12 games, and the most he's had is 71 targets. So he's a pass catching running back. And uh, Rojo and Fournette both don't catch it a whole lot, so he's gonna slide right into there. But Keyshawn Vaughn, man, I was kind of <laughs> high on him going into his rookie year, and I got him in a dynasty. I actually traded up to get him because at the time it looked like the Buccaneers that was before they had Fournette, so I thought he might get some action. And <laughs> man, he had 26 rushing uh, carries last year, and it just never gave him really much of a chance. And not like he needed to, he just happens to be not good, I guess. So this really buries him. I don't see much chance of him ever doing a lot in the NFL anymore. Yeah. I'm not as optimistic as Brent um, is here. For, or Bernard is primarily pass catching back, and he did uh, have a pretty good season last year catching the ball with Joe Mixon missing quite a few games in Cincinnati due to that injury. Uh, he had 355 receiving yards, which was 12th among running backs. Uh, since his rookie season, he's third among running backs in receptions, targets, and receiving yards. And there is a lot of volume in the running back receiving game <laughs> to go around in Tampa. Brady targeted running backs on 121 pass attempts during the past, during last season, seventh most in the NFL. His completion percentage when targeting that position was only 26th in the league, though, 69%. So maybe that gets a little better this season. It's just, here's the thing. Like, Trevin, you mentioned Fournette. You don't think is that great of a pass catcher. He had 47 targets last year in 13 games with Tampa Bay. The year before, he had 100 targets in Jacksonville and caught 76 passes. So he's demonstrated that he can do it, and we saw that in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Uh, so I am sad to see Giovanni Bernard at least pose a threat to Fournette for the passing game, especially with all that volume like we mentioned. Uh, he may have be able to carve out a role there. I just... Bernard just doesn't scare me that much at this point in this career. Like I mentioned earlier in the week when we talked about this brand, he's 29 now. He'll turn 30 in November. Like you said, you think he'll be better than James White. I have a hard time envisioning that at this point in his career. I guess we'll see maybe. 
they didn't release any details on this contract that I could find yet, at least. So I don't know if it's similar to, I would imagine it's probably similar to what we saw with James Conner in Arizona and with all the running backs in this backfield, somebody's probably getting cut during camp, whether that's Vaughn or Giovanni Bernard, I guess we'll see, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if one, at least one, I expect at least one of those guys to probably be gone. It wouldn't shock me if it was Bernard, but it was kind of bizarre, though, that uh, apparently he did have multiple offers and Brady and, and uh, the coach both called him and said they wanted him to come there, and that's part of why he did. So that would probably push me a little more towards Vaughn being the one that's in trouble, but we'll see what happens. A lot of things can happen between now and the start of the season, for sure. Levi, yeah. I, I, I totally disagree. There's no way they're going to be cutting Geo. He's, he's probably – that one of the best pass blocking running backs in the NFL that no way would they let him go unless he gets hurt or something like that. It, they're, they're keeping Gio and he's going to be, he's going to be a stud on passing downs. That, maybe not for fantasy, but he'll be there. So he'll how many catches this year, Brett? Uh, I, I mean, like I said, they're going to use him for pass blocking. I don't know. He's not going to be a great fantasy player. I'm not saying to go pick him up. If anything, this hurts. Um, Leonard Fournette's receptions and in like like you said Fournette did really good re- catching the ball but he's not as good as Giovanni Bernard catching the ball yes Giovanni Bernard probably there'll be games when Giovanni Bernard won't get a carry which is what I expect um, but I just I just think um, he'll be a big part of that offense and that'll take away from Leonard Fournette's fantasy production you didn't and, answer the question, Brett. How many catches? How many catches? Gosh, yeah. I, it, if he stays if he stays healthy the whole year, I don't know. He couldn't. He so get I'll give you a little context here. Well, last year, last year Fournette had thirty six, and Ronald Jones had twenty eight. Um, so you look at those two combined. That's fifty. How many? How many? How many catches did James White have um, in Brady's final year, or final <laughs> couple years? While you look that up, Levi, I can tell you who this really impacts is the Chiefs' outlook on Clyde because uh, the reports are that the Chiefs were one of them that was offering wanting Giovanni Bernard to come because they do not like Clyde. So I'm telling you, if you have Clyde on a dynasty roster, sell him now. This is the highest it's going to be for you. It's His value is never going to be higher hey, than this. He had a disappointing hey. rookie year. Get oh out while gosh. you can. You're it's just going to get worse from here. Damn. He had a disappointing year. He's not going to get better. <laughs> Why? It was not disappointing. Come on. Oh, yeah, over I, a thousand yards. How many times you guys see him get stuffed at the goal line before you're ready to move on? <laughs> how many yards does he have to get for it to not be disappointing? More than he did. <laughs> I know that. Oh, man. So James White had 72 and 87 catches in 2019 and 2018. 56 and 60 the two years before that. Geo might get 75. If if he plays all sixteen games, yeah. So I, I know. you think Geo's getting seventy five when both Tampa running backs combined only had sixty four last year, and both of catches those or backs targets are still there. Catches. That's what James White had, right? Let's get James White. James you want to bet a table on it? No, <laughs> I'm not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> that just seems like a lot for. I think we we all agree he's the number three running back there, right? Yeah. Who, Gio? Yeah. He's probably the most important running back. <laughs> but he'll have the third third most snaps. Would you agree on that? 
I don't know. I think I think him and Fournette. I, I don't know. I don't know what, what they're doing with Ronald Jones. Uh, it's I mean, Fournette and Jones are the big question marks for me. I think Geo will play probably forty percent, thirty five percent of the snaps. Well, even with your, I think seventy five extremely aggressive. He hasn't even had that many targets in his career. His highest uh, targets okay. is seventy one. Who did he play for? The Bengals, but he was yeah. Joe Mixon was out most of the year last year, and he still had fifty nine targets. Different offense. Different offense, exactly, Brent. So, like, both of the other running backs in Tampa last year, like I mentioned, combined for 64 catches. And I think the big difference between the Tampa situation and what he had in New England is New England had Edelman and White, and that was about it, especially in the year before. Tampa has Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and those other two running backs that are also vying for targets. And New England, it was really – Sonny Michelle wasn't catching passes the way we saw from Fournette and from Ronald Jones last year. So – that's a good point. That's a good point. But if Geo can stay healthy for 16 games, uh, I mean, there's no no reason to think he can't get five catches a game. So there I was mean, only two running backs last year that got more than 75. Alvin Kamara had 83 and J.D. McKissick had 80. And then third most was Naheem Hines at 63. So that's 75 is just too many, I think. That's like, what is that, five catches a game around there? There is an extra game this year. Oh yeah, <laughs> he can he can have it. He can have three more extra games. So that'd be four point four catches per game, Brent. Like I said, if he, if he can play the full season, he can get he can get there. That's just a lot when you have two other backs there plus those, all those other weapons. But th- that, those that would be a career high for Bernard by yeah. twenty catches. I know. He is Tom Brady as his quarterback. Man, we need to bet something on this. <laughs> yeah, this is about ridiculous. It. <laughs> 75 is too many. All right, I think we spent enough time talking about <laughs> Geo. We'll let Brent come back down to earth. Maybe we can talk some sense into him next week. Okay. All right, let's move on to our round number two where we are talking a little rookie running backs, guys. And so this week we have a handful of questions that I put together kind of we're not going to go talk about every single running back but at least this should get us to talk about quite a few and kind of have some interesting discussions so first of all there's a debate at the top here guys i think everybody has Najee harris and travis Etienne one and two in their rankings in some order so my question to you trevin who is your top running back Najee harris or travis Etienne? so this is tough um I think ETN just based on upside. I think he has uh, some explosiveness that Harris doesn't have. And I think he's got Harris is a very good pass catcher, but I think ETN provides even more pass catching ability to where his upside is higher. And if I'm taking the first running back, I want that high upside to where Harris, I don't think has quite the upside, but if I'm playing it safe, I'd pick Harris, I think is where I come down. It might be kind of a dumb way to answer this, but that's how I feel about these two. <laughs> Brent, do you agree? Um, I I agree that Harris is a safe option, and that's probably the option that I'd go as well, Najee Harris. I just think his vision is above everybody else's. Um, he's Yes, he's not fast. He won't break the long runs, but, I mean, in the NFL, I mean, that's not a big – that's not huge. Um 
he's great at breaking tackles as as you can see from from watching the film um i do think he's probably overall probably the best running back in in the draft and i think he'll probably get drafted late first round and we'll see if he makes some team happy yeah trevin you mentioned etn's receiving ability i think it's interesting over the past two years etn had 75 catches Najee harris had 70 so from just a, a number of catches, they're pretty pretty close. Uh, ETN did have a few more receiving yards. I think a, a little over a thousand over those two seasons, whereas uh, Harris was closer to the seven seven hundred thirty yard mark. So I think that's reflective of what you talked about as far as probably ETN speed, a little bit and explosiveness is probably a little bit better than what we saw see from Najee Harris, especially that top end speed to take those runs. And, and turn you know long runs into into touchdowns as opposed to getting caught from behind but i am going with Najee harris here and here's my thought process Najee harris is 6'1 232 pounds he hasn't done any testing so we don't have a real good 40 number for him but i do think that etn is a little bit faster i think depending on landing spot obviously but will probably influence this someone way or the other but i think harris is a player who's probably not going to come off the field very often he's got as much size as you could ask for he's got the receiving ability he's 232 pounds he's got the big size he went punching that ball into the into the end zone when they get down on the goal line uh he's shown the ability to handle a significant workload 251 rush attempts in 2021 uh, and 209 the year before uh which is you know, 209 is more than we saw from ETN in any single season. ETN did weigh in on his pro day at 215, which was, I think, more than most people were expecting. And coincidentally, he also ran a little bit slower than I think most people were expecting at a 445. Uh, so I'm a little skeptical about exactly what kind of weight ETN put on between the end of the season and his pro day, whether that was actually, you know, bleeding muscle mass or if he had some water weight. Uh, as he weighed in on his pro day um, so I think at 215 if that was legitimate he would have the opportunity to be in every down back in the NFL but I don't know whether that's what he's actually been playing at or what he'll be able to play at in the NFL so that that makes me a little more skeptical that he's never going to come off the field and that he can handle the type of workload that we're going to see Najee Harris probably get but both I think are fantastic prospects I just give a slight edge to Najee because I think you know those high volume or those high value carries especially on the goal line there's no question he's going to be getting those um, and he's going to get a lot of volume and that's what we want from our running backs and, and ETN I think probably will too but I think there is a little bit more of a question mark there for me with him than there is with Najee. You think they're both that good of prospects? I think it's pretty much it's kind of a down year for running backs, don't you think? Uh, I would say the depth isn't there, but I think these two are are really good prospects. Man, I just I wish they both would have came out last year because I mean, Harris did very well last year. I shouldn't really lump them in, but man, ETN probably would have been the highest rated running back coming out last year, and now they just both have another year on them. Najee Harris is twenty three right now, and ETN's twenty two. I know in dynasty, especially you're kind of looking at three-year windows, so it's not really going to hurt that, but they did get some more miles on them last year to just stay in college for really no reason, especially with ETN. (laughs) All it did was hurt his Travis stock. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where they go. Uh, It seems like some of the mocks have Harris going in later in the first round and at least from what I've seen. So it would be interesting to see if either of them go in the first round and if they do where they end up. I, uh, 
after what happened with Clyde, I'm not looking at landing spot anymore <laughs> when I evaluate my running backs. Really? That, that, that was going to give you, that was going to be my next question. That if Najee Harris goes to the Jets, uh, Travis Etienne goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who would you pick first? Wouldn't matter to me. I'm not putting any into a landing spot. I think with running back, that's important. So here's how I, and I got this from Duchesne's actually, friend of the show. He explained it this way, which I think makes a lot of sense to me. And I think it kind of explains what happened last year with Clyde edwards helaire So the way he views it is you put them in tiers based on talent and their overall profile. And then you move within those tier, within that tier based on landing spot. And so for me personally, I think, you know, these players are both in the top tier and in your situation, Trevin, maybe I would bump ETN up to number one uh, because I think Pittsburgh's probably a little better landing spot than than New York. But I think what happened last year with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is, you know, before the draft, everybody probably had him in second or maybe even third tier in some cases. And he got jumped up to that number one overall, overall running back and was the number one player, I think, off the board in a lot of leagues, especially single quarterback leagues. And that, in hindsight, <laughs> looks like it was probably the wrong move. And so I think that's where people got into trouble is they, they jumped him up that tier because of that Kansas City landing spot and and that was probably bad process. So shout out to Duchesne's. I think that approach makes a lot of sense. It does. And that's kind of what I, I did last year, except my first tier was a bit bigger. I think I had like five running backs. I don't have it in front of me right now, but um, he was in that top tier and he just happened to go to my, go to the chiefs. And that was big for me, <laughs> yeah. but it, I, I mean, he didn't, he didn't produce like he thought he was going to, but it wasn't bad. Trade him. Trade him now. <laughs> I actually don't own him in anything. Oh, good job. You already got him. Too, far. <laughs> too many people think that like Trevin out there driving his price down. I think now you could probably <laughs> no, get him at a size it's going to be, baby. <laughs> What's going to get worse? After he does this year, this season, he's only going to get worse. Why? Because he gets another year older and another year of showing he's not that good. <laughs> I am with you. I think they do get another running back. I don't know if it's going to be through free agency or in the second or third round, but I, I think he does get some competition. But Edward, I mean, he'll still have his he'll still have his role. So playoff Damien's coming. Water back, boy, right? Maybe. Water boy. <laughs> All right, let's move on to question number two. We're not talking about Clyde. We're talking about this year's rookies. <laughs> All right. Hey, Trevin brought it up. All right, question number two. Is Javante Williams close to those top two running backs? Like I mentioned, I think everybody has Harris and Etienne at the top, but you put Javante Williams in that same tier, Trevin? I do. I think he's. I think it's tier three at the, number, at the first tier. So as long as Williams goes in the second round, if that's going to kind of show me that teams aren't valuing him as much as they should. So if he's a day two guy, I, I put him right there with the other two. But – Last year, he led the nation, 75 forced missed tackles. He's a very balanced runner. He, uh, 48% of tackles, um, he ev- evades them. So every other carry, he's evading a tackle. Um, so I like him a lot. He played with another NFL-graded running back with Carter there and still showed out. And he's only 20 years old. So I put him right there with the other two. I'm going to correct one thing you said. You said 
of the tackles he makes miss. It's 0.48 missed tackles per Yeah, game. I know. I was talking fast. Okay, <laughs> thanks for correcting that. I'm drinking three quarters of this 12% alcohol beer. Yeah, you're slurring already. <laughs> Brent, you have Javante in the same tier as ETN and Harris? Uh, my I mouth's do. out running my mind. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's no uh, different than normal. <laughs> I, I do not have him in the same tier as ETN and Harris. Uh, he is just a notch below those guys. However, if he does happen to go to a really good team, it it would be close to those guys. It, it would it wouldn't put him over the top, um, but it would be close. And gosh, I, I just can't stop thinking that the Arizona Cardinals are going to get Javante Williams like in the second round. I, I don't even know if they have a second round pick, but uh, I can see it happen. It, and um, it, Williams, he can he can kind of do it all. He can catch the ball. He's got good size. Um, somewhat fast he's probably the best pass blocking running back in in the whole draft which is very very important um, he used to be a linebacker that's kind of cool too so I, I, I like him but just not as much as I like Najee Harris and Travis Etienne yeah I think the thing that surprised me most and hurt Javante Williams most in my eyes was he went in at 212 pounds as pro day which was well significantly less than what I expected him to weigh in at. And so when you look at the effect that has on a speed score, uh, he's in the 41st percentile, uh, which accounts for both size and, and their 40 time. And, you know, that's not ideally what I would like to see when I'm going to put someone in that top tier running back. And so for me, he's a little bit lower. He never dominated this backfield. We may get to Michael Carter in a little bit. Uh, They always shared the workload, which again, you know, Najee Harris dominating the backfield at Alabama. Travis Etienne pretty much dominating the backfield at Clemson. And then you have someone here who's sharing a backfield with Michael Carter. Uh, his, he had 157 carries this year, 166 uh, in 2019. So he's getting you know a good amount of the workload, but it's not like what we saw from from Najee Harris. And then uh, Brent, you mentioned his receiving ability. He's, he's a capable pass catcher, but he's not anywhere near the volume that we saw from both Harris and ETN. He's had 42 catches over the past couple of years. And again, I think some of that's probably related to those, to the split backfield uh, with Carter, but um, just another thing that I think sticks out about those two and puts them maybe a notch above uh, Javante Williams uh, in my personal my personal book here so i think it, he's a really good prospect but i just think that etn and, and harris are just a notch above just to um go against you a little bit javante williams and etn were in the same conference et williams played 11 games and uh etn played 12 games uh, williams outperformed him 1140 yards to etn's 914 rushing yards on 5.4 yards per carry and williams had uh, 7.3 yards per carry and like I said, Williams is two years younger than him. So ETN should have been in his second year in the pros doing what he did. And he was still going against college kids and not performing as well as Williams did. Sure. So he had another guy in his backfield, but he still outperformed ETN in the same conference. Yeah. I think some of it with ETN is probably Clemson's games generally aren't <laughs> as close. <laughs> but sure. in the second half. But yeah. And then you look at like Williams definitely had the better performance especially yards per carry which i don't love using that as a benchmark for running backs but if you're not i mean 7.5 is hell of a yards per carry yeah and then you look at etn's previous two years and and he's up there too and javante isn't so good so it's kind of a mixed bag but i don't think you're crazy for having javante in the same tier trevin it's just not where i have him 
Uh, you guys got a weird thing with these old running backs. <laughs> well, you mean these good running backs? No, they should have been dumb. They're they're just like playing against eighteen year olds and doing pretty good, and they should have been playing in the pros. Well, I, I wish they would have gone pro, but I I don't think that makes them any like they're going to be worse pros just because they waited here. Thank God they didn't. I would have drafted them too early. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number three, fellas. Brent, we'll start with you this time. Who's your favorite round two running back in value? And so I went to Dynasty League Football and went by their ADP, their Superflex ADP here. And so for April, that has Kenny Gainwell, an ADP of 15, Chuba Hubbard, an ADP of 19. Uh, and these are overall. So second round here. Michael Carter at 20 and Jamar Jefferson at 22. Which one of those running backs are you taking at their current value? I'm taking the guy from running back you, Kenny Gainwell. He that's another running back that can do it all. Great, great receiving back. Um, great vision. I mean, he he played over played running back over Antonio Gibson at Memphis. And I mean Memphis just keeps on pouring out running backs and it's pretty amazing. So it, it, he'll be another second or third round pick. And um, a lot will depend on what team he goes to, uh, but I think he can have a pretty decent NFL career and at least be in a rotation, uh, a running back committee in the NFL for several years to come. What I got you- a stat for a, a Gainwell stat for you. Okay. Back in 2019, he had over 1,200 rushing yards and over 600 receiving yards. Do you know who was the last college running back to do that? Saquon Barkley. Really? (laughs) Yeah, Saquon Barkley. So (laughs) I like Gainwell a lot. I like that pick. Yeah. I think the only thing that keeps him from being up in that top tier is his size. He is only 200 pounds and he's five foot eight. So he's a little bit smaller. And I think that may limit his upside in the NFL, at least the type of workload teams are going to be willing to give him. But yeah, what you mentioned, Brent, as far as we've seen what Antonio Gibson did last year, and he looks like mm-hmm. a great back, and, and Gamewell was getting carries over him. So I think he has all the talent in the world. It's just he's a little smaller than, than what the NFL likes to see. Yeah. And it wasn't just getting carries over him. He had 229 carries to Gibson's 33. Gibson was barely a running back. Yeah, definitely. But five foot eight. Well, I'm looking at pro football focus, and it has him listed as 5'11". Do you do a – measure in a pro day or something i think that may be what it is um i'm looking at player profiler and i think they have the updated uh yeah pro day I, I believe you but yeah that's that's a short man <laughs> yeah almost as short as rondell moore uh all right trevin who you got <laughs> round two so uh out of these guys um i took michael carter i'm just taking north carolina running backs here i guess but uh, he really impressed me there too. So out of uh, these guys, I would take uh, Carter because he did almost as much as Williams did last year. They had quite a two-headed monster. But he actually outproduced Williams on the ground. He actually, he had uh, 1,245 yards to Williams had just over 1,100 and both had the exact same carries of 157. And Carter did lead the nation in yards in uh, carries more than 15 yards. Dang. It's you know I know it's weird, but he is a little shorter too. Just to finish him off with my thoughts, sorry, Brent. Yeah, yeah. he he's listed five foot seven here and just barely over two hundred pounds. And it's it's weird because um, they're both. I mean, they're pretty similar to each other. Yeah, Williams is is bigger, 
Um, but they're both kind of similar backs, which is kind of crazy. But um, it's weird because at the beginning of the year, when I when I go to watch North Carolina, I'm like, all right, let's let's watch these two stud wide receivers that they have in their team, Diami Brown and Daz Newsom. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the year, they have two stud running backs. <laughs> I don't know how they're keep on cranking out this NFL talent, but and they, Brown. they did have a good year last year too. So. It might be just the quarterback. Howell might be a stud, and Howell might be making these NFL prospects. Yeah. The thing that sucks with these prospects at North Carolina is they kind of ran slow. So, again, here with Carter, he ran a 4-5-4, which gives him 28th percentile speed score. So, not great speed, especially for that size. Like you mentioned, Trevney is a little smaller, so kind did of disappointing you, uh, there. But Did you miss when I said he led the nation in carries of more than 15 yards? <laughs> <laughs> I know, but wouldn't you expect that guy to be faster? He must know how to do it in a real there's game. A, there's a football I, speed, Levi. Yeah, there's pad speed. You like guys that run in shorts, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I went Who'd with, you have here? I went with Chuba Hubbard, speaking of speed. Speaking of a guy um, that should have went out last year. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So last year, like you mentioned, Trevor, over 2,000 yards, 13 games, 21 touchdowns, incredible year. Uh, he ran a little slower than we expected too, though, especially with that track speed that he demonstrated in high school. I think he's like one of the fastest people in Canada where he's from for, for the 100-yard da- or 100-meter dash. Uh, so not great, but I think, you know, with him, just that allure of what he did in 2019 uh, really – kind of gives me hope he he has a li- he's a little bit bigger than the other backs we talked about six foot 208 so getting closer to that ideal size but not quite up where around that 250 and 220 is like we i would ideally like to see but i think probably for the second round here outside of what you mentioned with game well i think i think hubbard's the one that i like with just a, a lot of upside if things pan out if he ends up in a good situation and gets an opportunity i i like it we've talked about chubb a little bit before um, where there was a lot of off the field stuff going on at Oklahoma state. So I try not to hold last year against him because he was so dominant the year before, but man, it was disappointing last year. Yeah, it was. And to, uh, we talked about it back when Duchesne's was on, I think it was Duchesne's. Um, yep, he's big on him. And we talked about how Tylan, Tylan Wallace got hurt. And that's honestly who that's all we had left is, was Hubbard. And there could have been defenses keying on him big time and really affected his year this this past year. But 2019 was a pretty special year for him. And I agree, he, he should have went out, went went pro. Yeah. He was only a redshirt sophomore, so I understand it. But in hindsight, I'm sure he wishes he would have gone pro too. Yeah. It, the problem with last year was like there were just so many running backs already like we ended up with a handful of really good ones and if you had added all these guys to the class like there's only so many running backs that are being drafted in that first second third round if you don't get taken that high then your contract doesn't look nearly as sexy as especially like what etn and harris are probably getting this year yeah, but I mean, those guys didn't really have to worry about falling. I mean, ETN probably was the highest rated running back last year would have came out, and Chubba would have, you would have thought he'd been close. I don't know exactly where he was looking at for projection, but after that huge year he had, I don't think they were too worried. They, I don't think they should have been too worried about falling to the fourth or fifth round type guys. I don't know what the hell they were thinking going back. But yeah. this class would have been laughable without these guys. I don't know. What would we be talking about this episode? <laughs> yeah, it would have. 
Uh, let's move on to the next round. Who's your favorite running back three running back at who's your favorite round three running back at value? And our choices here are Trey Sermon, Kylan Hill, and Ramondre Stevenson, who are at 25, 31, and 35, respectively. I'll go first this time. So I went with Kylan Hill. Uh, this was a guy who was kind of a, a Debbie darling uh, a couple of years ago and and really didn't do a lot this year <laughs> and only played in three games. Uh, only had 15 attempts for 58 yards. But his, his junior year looked pretty solid. Again, another one, I guess, Trevin, you could make an argument, should have maybe <laughs> thought about going pro. Uh, hey, he did uh, did get that racist state flag change though, so that was actually kind of impressive. <laughs> that was the I think his biggest accomplishment of the year. So, yeah, one thousand three hundred fifty rushing yards his junior year. Uh, pretty good receiver, capable receiver at least. Has averaging you know a catch or two a game throughout his career. Uh, didn't run real great at his pro day at four five seven. He is five eleven, two hundred fourteen pounds. So pretty good, decent size, especially for running back here in the third round. Uh, so I'm not like in love with him but i think you know he has a chance to be have a role in the backfield if he ends up in a good spot and uh i think if he's one of those where maybe if if the other back or the the lead back in that backfield gets hurt he could step in and and have a pretty big spike in value if he makes the most of that opportunity i like Hill. i like it he's if he can stay healthy i can see him having a role for four or five years in the nfl um he's a pretty explosive player and yeah last year wasn't very good but a couple years ago he was he was really good and like we said before should have went out should have came should have went went pro but it is what it is and he can still make a name for himself in the nfl and i I like the pick this is probably the toughest question of the night choosing this this third round with only three options and we all tried (laughs) to pick different ones Uh (laughs) it kind of limited us here (laughs) Trevor, did you you went you took the third pick, so we'll let you tell us a little bit about Ramondre Stevenson, even though he wasn't your pick. <laughs> Just uh, for Hill, quick too. He, I think him he's similar to Chuba that there was a lot going on off the field that he had to deal with that most college age running back or players in general don't really have to do to where they're trying to get the uh, the racist state flag changed, and he took a lot of that, and then so I'm sure there's a lot to go with that off the field. So. He was impressive the year before, so I'm not going to try not to hold this year too hard against him. But uh, So I went with Stevenson here from Oklahoma. It, it's kind of tough to pick between these guys, but he did rank uh, second since 2019 in yards after contact per attempt. And so he's a big bruiser, and I think he might be able to find a, uh, a role in the NFL. He yeah. listed at 5'11", 227 here. Yeah, so yeah. Steven, Stevenson was another guy that I like. He's Juco guy and kind of a late bloomer. Um, ended up having having a pretty good career at, at Oklahoma. He's, he's a bigger guy. Um, he was suspended a few times, so we have that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so hopefully that doesn't carry carry on in the NFL. But what was what was he suspended for, Brent? You know? um, let me look at. I didn't put it down in my notes, but he was, yeah. he was suspended for a Peach Bowl in 2019, and he suspended six games um, in, the, in the 2020 season. So, um, I mean, he could have had a much better career. But uh, but when he's out there, he definitely makes plays, and if he can get his head on straight, he might be a pretty good NFL running back if a team wants to take a chance on him. He was so yeah. good that uh, Trey Sermon transferred. Yeah. Is that why? Well, I had to be a part of it. 
I think there might have been some other reasons for that, namely the the other running back there. Who I'm trying to figure out why he got suspended. He might be following off my rankings here. <laughs> uh, well, well, Brooks was the other running back. I think Sermon transferred before Brooks opted out. So then Stevenson kind of got the door open for him this season, which definitely helped his draft stock. Stevenson is 23, so he's a little older for a running back. Right? You mentioned Juco background here, so that that plays a part in it, but just kind of a, a non-traditional path to the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Almost as old as Najee Harris. <laughs> and half as good. <laughs> Najee All Harris right. could be Javante Williams' dad. <laughs> Javante Williams would call him daddy if they met on the field. <laughs> Who do you have, Brent? I think you're the last one to go here. Honestly, I thought about taking all all three of these guys, but I had to choose one, so I picked Trey Sermon. It, he looked he looked great um, in the last last part of this past year, and he, he looked great enough where, I mean, it wasn't enough to put him in that top tier, but he he looked as good as like a Najee Harris or a Travis Etienne to close the year. So um, I, I'm going to keep on rolling with that and maybe he's going to keep, keep going and, and um, maybe he can have a good NFL career. Uh, he, he had like a th- over 300 yards in the big 10 championship against a really good Northwestern defense. That's what kind of got him back on track. And then um, playoffs came, then he ended up getting hurt and then they had to go with, um, I got a guy that I can't even think of right now, but um, all I know is he looked good. He looked like a really good NFL back, and I would put him up there with Najee Harris and Travis Etienne if he showed some consistency the past couple years. Um, but he didn't. But he he stepped up when they needed him to. So maybe maybe that'll lead into the NFL. Yeah, my prediction for him in the NFL is I think he's just going to be a first and second down grinder plotter kind of archetype but i he doesn't really catch passes so it's hard to see him having a big role on third down and yeah he doesn't he's not like a doesn't have a lot of high end speed top end speed and he wasn't able to have a a consistent a big he never had that big year in college like you're talking about brent and i think that kind of goes back to just probably a little bit of a lack of uh, dynamic ability and explosiveness that we've seen from him and i think that's probably why he's projected to go where he is in the nfl draft and why he's being taken where he is in these in these rookie drafts but in the third round i mean he's probably about as good as you can hope for so i i don't i don't hate your pick at all here brent i think but add value he certainly has some potential for some upside and i do think he is a sleeper where he could be probably not the third third running back taken but there's a good chance he can become the fourth running back taken in the draft yeah, I like the pick. He was really carrying that Ohio State team at the end of the year once uh, the other running back went down. Heard he kind of took over the workload. Mm-hmm. All right, Brent. So our last question here, who's your favorite round four running back at value? And our choices are Jared Patterson, uh, Khalil Herbert, Javion Hawkins, uh, Elijah Mitchell, and my boy, Puka Williams. <laughs> I knew Puka would be involved in this somehow, but – <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go with Khalil Herbert. Um, not a huge fan, but not not really a huge fan of any of these guys. Um, but if I were to choose one now, I'd go with Herbert from Virginia Tech. Um, he's 
probably the most complete back out of all one, two, three, four, five, six of these guys. So um, he's he can pass block, he can catch the ball, he's decent vision. Um, might be a fourth, fifth round running back. So there'll be a team that'll take a chance on him, and I feel he might have the best chance of doing something with his opportunity. Yeah, Trevin, you originally had Quill Herbert uh, here as well, and Herbert kind of has that Kansas background like my boy Puka before he went to Virginia Tech. So, Trevin, why did you think Herbert was a good pick here in the fourth? I like him. I like his build. He's a little short, but he actually had um, finished second in total yards after contact, only behind Najee Harris last year. So, he's done really well in his career. I like him. And he kind of came out of nowhere this year, too. I mean, obviously he came from Kansas, but... um... (laughs) Practically nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. True. That's Levi as a Kansas resident. <laughs> well, I'm speaking more of the KU football program. This might as well be nowhere. But yeah, he definitely has that kind of bowling ball type build, like you mentioned, Trevin, just short and stout, which we've seen that build be successful in the NFL. And he has a, a pretty good track record in college, especially when you spend your first three years or first four years. Or yeah, it looks like four years maybe there was a red shirt in there at KU um, before he, he kind of blew up at Virginia Tech so but he did average um, 9.2 yards per attempt at Kansas in 2019 so he was he was showing out in Kansas just nobody cares about Kansas <laughs> yeah but he's also 23 years old yep so since Brent took Herbert Trevin you ended up going to somebody else who'd you pick Elijah Mitchell um, from Louisiana. And so the Rage and Cajun, he uh, finished first in career yards per snap at 3.5 and second in yards per snap at 4.5 for all the running backs in this class. So he's a little bit shorter too, 5'10", 215. He's listed here, but I'm going to call him this year's James Robinson. Wow. So are you saying he's going to be in the top three of running backs this year then? Yeah, I am. All right. <laughs> you heard it here, guys. Yeah. If you get the first pick, you might just want to grab him before he's gone. <laughs> he certainly tested well. He's an incredible athlete. Four three yeah. five forty. He's got a good combination. Brother. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off there. <laughs> yeah. You're good. Uh, I'm just so excited. <laughs> Elijah Mitchell, the raging Cajuns. So, yeah, I, I think that's a as good of a flyer as anybody at this point in the draft, Kevin. So who do you have there, Levi? I went with my boy Puka, and I have maintained for a long time that Puka is going to just be a really good third down pass catching back in the NFL, and that's that's kind of the archetype he has. He's pretty small. I think he weighs like 170 pounds, and he's not real big. No toes on his one foot, as we've covered previously on this podcast, <laughs> but still just, I don't know, you watch him on highlights and stuff and just his ability and how shifty he is and how good he was at KU before uh, kind of opting out of this year uh, in 2021. Um, just over a thousand yards as freshman, sophomore and 33 catches and 27 catches. And just, he looked dynamic on the field, which you don't see a lot for KU players. And uh, I think that, I think he's going to carve out a role in the NFL. And that's about as good as you can hope for with these fourth round running backs here where we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. He's going uh, number 45 overall. So that's like, you know, literally the fourth, four, four picks from the end in your rookie draft. If you have a, a 12 team, four round rookie draft. So give me a little puka at that point. 
Yeah, we've talked yeah. about him before. I love Puka. He's he, he's good when he's out on the field. He he's another guy that got suspended um, in his college career. So, um, but I, I think that was only one time though. So it might have been a one-time deal, but who I knows? Because so, it was a domestic violence type situation, mm-hmm. if I remember right. So let's hope that doesn't flare up because and, you hate to see it. And he he played a few games this year right this past year and then he opted out yeah i think it was the situation i think was like he said it was to be close to go back to closer to home and be with his family and stuff because i think there was some covid stuff with maybe or some health issues with like maybe a grandparent or something like that but then he ended up just declaring the gopro instead of either coming back to ku or transferring somewhere else so yeah and making all big 12 two years in in that conference is pretty impressive at running back yeah especially when you're doing it at ku Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right trevin you got a question of the week for us this week uh no i'm just out on puka now i didn't know that about the suspension going on so i can't be high on him anymore yeah well Les Miles had a team vote on it, and they voted to, to let him come well, back. So We know where Les Miles' morality is, so I trust him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's always funny to me when coaches do that stuff. Like, oh, we had a team vote, and they all voted to let him play, so I guess I got to let him play. It's like, well, no kidding. Like, it's one of your best players. What do you think the team's going to vote to not let him play so they lose more? <laughs> Did I have a question this week? No. We didn't have oh. one. That's I was just making seeing if you could come up with one off the cuff <laughs> since you guys were ignoring me in the chat. Oh, oh. oh shit! I didn't even open my chat up. Yeah, you blew it. Uh, oh, I did shit. some power pressure washing today. You guys ever done that? It's pretty awesome. Pressure wash my deck. So I have done it into a horse trailer and just got my my whole head, my uh, whole body just covered in cow shit. So was it similar to that? How much shit was on your body afterwards? <laughs> we didn't have any poop on our deck. It was not a poop deck, so we were good there. <laughs> Brent's got a poop deck. It wasn't. <laughs> it was a dirty job, though. I can agree with you there. I worked at a hog confinement growing up, so yeah, it's. Uh, I I did that every day. Loved it. Uh, no, no. <laughs> oh man brent you hit one of those corners just right with the pressure washer just covers you oh i know (laughs) (laughs) that's unbelievable brent's having ptsd right now (laughs) so i'm glad you got you have your first pressure washing experience levi yeah one of our loyal listeners and a former guest or a prior guest on this show who will probably be back on again at some point dynasty coach a john errington is does pressure washing for a living so shout out to him it's it's pretty my my experience is a lot better than your, you guys experience but i yeah. could i think he mostly does roofs and and driveways and things like that so i could see that being a pretty satisfying what i did our our patio too and that was pretty satisfying so i could definitely see the the appeal of doing that all day yeah, it sounds like you really had an enjoyable day compared to me and Brent's experiences with <laughs> pressure washing. Yeah. Shit flying you in your should, face. You guys should give it another shot sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. You'd have this whole wave of shit going away from you, and you're like, all right, I'm controlling this <laughs> shit wave. And then all of a sudden, you just hit a corner and just all goes right in your face. <laughs> 
You gotta keep yeah. your mouth closed when you're doing that job. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How many well, uh, for... how many father in laws were there to help you watch you uh, pressure wash? No father. Oh, well, there was one for me. Did your father in law also watch you pressure wash? <laughs> no, my just my grandpa. <laughs> Brent, father in law out there. <laughs> no, just once, in, once in a while, a few a few sows were in the same room as me, but that's about it. Do you ever spray them? <laughs> I, I've thought about it, but no. <laughs> it's it's oh. it's a pretty it's pretty powerful. Yeah, that would hurt. Mm-hmm. I did see your pictures though, Levi, and I got to tell you, my wife saw them too, and she thought you already had the stain on it. It, yeah. it looked good. I'll send an update after I get it stained and sealed. All right. Uh, well, thanks for being part of the, Maybe I'll post those on our Fantasy Players Club Twitter since we talked about... Yeah, there's but... no rules on our Twitter account anymore. <laughs> we got hockey and <laughs> deck repairs. You put whatever you want on there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, thanks for being part of the Fantasy Players Club, everybody. We'll have a, a new episode with probably less shit talk uh, next week for you. <laughs> Tell them. No promises. Yeah, Until... maybe more. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them on behalf of Brent Hudhead Hikus and <laughs> Trevin Cremosta, this is Levi Valentine wishing you a great week. See ya. See ya. All right. So, did, uh, did you guys. recommendation this week i'll have to say it next week i got one again this week mine is on hulu again i've had some good ones lately but it's called uh, the china hustle and it's about all these companies in china and uh, that were uh, available on the u.s stock exchanges and reported these incredible results that turned out to not be <laughs> so accurate and it talks just about how they got how they uncovered this and and what the fallout was so really get it. I don't know if either of you have seen uh, the 
the movie uh, Enron, the smartest guys in the room. A while ago, it's been a long time since I watched it, but yeah. But yeah, apparently this is from a lot of the, or at least some of the same people uh, that created that, and I thought it was really good. Nice. China. China's kind of a, I don't know. I really soured on China, I guess. (laughs) Between this and, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like the, I don't even know how you pronounce it. It's like Uyghurs or Uyghurs or something like that. Yeah. U-I-G-H-U-R-S. That just, they basically have these Muslim minority sex and concentration camps. And I read an article. calling them like schools or something, but yeah. Yeah. Re-education centers or something like that. Yeah. It's wild. Like I, it's really sad. I read an article from the BBC this week about some people who've been released or whatever and, and told us about what's going on in there. And it's just terrible. So it's abuse of women. Pretty much. I I don't want to go into too much detail, but it's terrible. It's as bad yeah, as it's, it gets. It's rounding up a minority and putting them in these re-education schools, they're calling them. Yeah. So between that and, and this and just some of the other things with China, it's... I didn't know you were such a fan of China before. <laughs> I was kind of neutral. I don't know if I was ever a fan, but... Big Yao yeah. Ming fan. Yeah. Used yeah. <laughs> to rockets. And it's not Chinese people. It's the Chinese government, really, that I'm railing against here. But because this that whole Uyghur thing goes all the way to the top. Like, yeah. It's, John it's Oliver funny. has done some big stuff on it. Yeah. If you haven't heard about it before, look into it. It's, it's crazy that something like that's going on in a major world power in the modern, the modern times. So anyway, the China Hustle, really good docu- documentary. Also, if you guys looking for something to watch this week, check it out. Right, Brent, you got any recommendations, or did you have a chance to watch any anything this week? Not really. Um, we watch Shameless on Showtime. That, <laughs> the series finale was this past week, and that's about it. I heard it wasn't a very good finale. Not. Really. I've watched a lot of Shameless, but I kind of fell off. Yeah, I watched a bunch with Shelly there for a while when she was binging it, but we kind of stopped watching too. Yeah. So, Brad, so a, not a not a strong recommendation on the finale. Not really. It's, I mean, it's a pretty good series overall, but I mean, I, I've watched better shows like Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> uh, I watched the first fifteen or thirty minutes and fallen asleep the other night. Oh come on! When Godzilla attacks that first place or whatever, and on the water, sleep. No, on the out of the the water. No, but yeah, he comes out of the water, but he attacks the first plant type thing, Brent. Yeah, yeah, that part. So I may try to watch. I think it's on HBO Max until the end of the month. So I may give it another shot, but I didn't get very far. Trevin, you got a. Yeah, I got a recommendation. Um, it's actually music. Uh, Tyler Childers. Childers. I don't actually know how to say his last name. He's getting pretty popular, though. He's had some songs on Yellowstone and stuff now, but I don't know. I've really enjoyed listening to him. He kind of he comes from the Appalachian area and sings a lot about um, just our generation of people. Like not a lot of not a whole lot of options compared to generations in the past, and just tough times in Appalachia. So it's a, has some good music. A couple of questions. What yeah. style of music is this? 
it's uh it's country music for sure but it's more like i don't know appalachian style it's not okay. like pop country i guess sure and you said he has songs like yellowstone yeah the yellowstone he's uh we watched yellowstone series and he's had a song or two on there before uh, okay so that's a tv show or something and they've just used his music yeah you ever watched yellowstone i don't think so yeah and you only know what it is i don't think so oh it's, I've, uh, I've heard of it it's i hear it's good yeah, it's a huge show now. It's God, what's that main actor's name in this stupid show? But they're having spinoff shows and everything now because it's so popular. Oh my God. Where do you I watch can't... that? Oh, that's the issue. I think uh, Paramount Plus, I think, is where we had to watch it. It's originally aired on Paramount TV, the old Spike TV. It, what's weird, I, I got Paramount Plus to watch a little bit of The Masters <laughs> last Might week. Not, it's, a weird, it's a weird thing that it was on paramount but i don't remember who has the it's peacock that has the rights for the first two seasons that's what it's on peacock on the cock. Oh. it's on the cock and then <laughs> the next ones will be airing on the paramount plus because with these tv that rights sucks. they kind of yeah <laughs> i think it'll all eventually be on paramount plus but that when these apps were first being created they didn't really realize what they had and they're just selling off different things I will give the cock credit. At least their name's original. I'm a lot better than all these stupid ones that just go with plus on the end of whatever they are. <laughs> Kevin Costner is that's the main guy on it. Oh yeah, little huh. known actor Kevin Costner. <laughs> I said I couldn't think of his damn name. I wasn't <laughs> saying he's somebody that he wouldn't know. No one. There's only been of it. two series, two uh, seasons so far. So like the sequel to Dances with Wolves. No, it's like Succession, which I know you haven't watched that yet either on HBO, Not but yet. it's Showtime, a lot like right? that except for a uh, huge land-owning family in Montana. Cool. No, it's HBO, Levi. Succession. Cool. But yeah, Tyler Childers, listen to him. Nose on the Grindstone, White House Road. He's got a lot of good music. Awesome. Check it out. That's all I got.